Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith. He's Derek Terry. Derek, how are you? Sean, I'm doing well. How are you? I can't complain, Derek. Uh, just enjoying a beautiful Sunday afternoon. It's a little bit warmer down here, and uh, spring's right around the corner. Yep, went for a walk, my wife and I, uh, about 30 minutes before we hopped on here. So it's uh, it's one of those days that we're, when it's been cold out, like I'll wear shorts and uh, just a pullover, and it's pretty comfortable. But once it gets to October and it starts to like if it was – I don't, I don't know what the temp is today, probably around 50 right now. Uh, it would be one of those days where you'd be freezing. But given how cold it's been in Lexington, this is a, a, a great day to, to get out and walk around a little bit. And Sean, I tell you, yesterday was a great day too, a great day for the Kentucky basketball program. Uh, shorthanded played, I think, not the most memorable game that they're going to – that they've had to this point. But it's probably top three. I think – I said this yesterday. I think it's their – best win of the year just yeah, because of the circumstances around it it's not the best team that they've beaten and it's it's not the one that everybody's going to kind of point to and be like man that they beat kansas by 18 at allen Fieldhouse. i mean they did something that hadn't been done there in a long time but what they did yesterday down their their one and their two guard the dudes that they they play through on every possession if it's not ty ty it's Savir with the ball in his hands to put up 90 on an alabama team at Rupp Arena without those guys and to look as well as they did offensively, that right there I think will be the win that the committee looks at Derek here in a couple of weeks and says, okay, that they're, Kentucky can beat you at full strength, and Kentucky also is capable of beating quality teams when they're down a guy or two. Like I think that that one in the committee's eyes is going to be a big win on Selection Sunday. I agree with that. Uh, and we'll get into all the good stuff UK is did yesterday, but – I texted you and then tweeted about it too uh, before the game was actually over. Like, what's that say though about Nate Oates and his team that they gave up ninety to a Kentucky team without its backcourt? Man, like that's bad. That's that's. I mean, give full give all the credit to UK. I think like it was a very gutty performance and they played very well. But my goodness, man! Like, and it's that's, easy. That's to, bad. <laughs> and it's easy to get sucked into. What you know, what Nate Oates was doing at Alabama last year, winning the league, mm-hmm. winning the SEC tournament, doing it, hitting a ton of threes. Remember the LSU game at LSU where they hit what was it close to 30? I can't remember, yeah, it was like 20. Yeah, so crazy. And that's the thing, right? Like, it's it's a fun style of play when you're making them, but it's an ugly style of play when you're missing them. And there's there's a middle ground there. I, I like what I like some things that he does, but when his teams aren't hitting the three, Derek, they they struggle to win basketball games. Well, think you, about yesterday, though. They hit 14 threes. Yeah. And they were down 16 at one point in the second half. And, and how crazy is that, that the way that that game started and then Kentucky has a lead at the half? Like what? Yeah. Like, like it's, an, it's incredible. How many teams in college basketball right now could be without their starting one and two guards, a team go on a, an absolute heater from three-point range in the first half, and still you find a way to be up one? I don't know how many teams could do that. Yeah, I mean, I felt like at halftime Kentucky was winning that game uh, for sure. Just because you didn't feel like, at least I didn't, that Alabama was going to be able to replicate what they did. Those, I mean, that, that was a onslaught that Alabama had at the start. I mean, just could not miss. Keon Ellis, I think, hit his first five threes. He ended up with 28. He had a great day uh, playing in 37 minutes. But, you know, on the flip side, 
just because I think Alabama kind of hit all theirs and, you know, kind of right there, start of the game, probably midway through the first half. They were – I think they started, what, seven for ten, something like that. Yeah. I mean, Kentucky finished nine for 14 from three, and a big part of that was because Kellen Grady went seven for nine. I mean, it was his day there in the second half. And Keon, or, uh, Davion Mintz threw him that pass, and he was not even looking, and the ball, like, hits his arm <laughs> and softly falls right to the ground, and he hits a three. Like, that was just – that and I think Toppin had banked in a three right before that too. So you kind of had the feeling in that little stretch that it was UK's uh at that point, I guess you could say it felt like it was UK's afternoon. But I do, I, I definitely think there at the beginning though, they they did take Alabama's best shot, I would say. I mean, it was I think it would be easy for a team to get demoralized because some of those threes were contested that they were knocking down. Some of them weren't. I mean, Dante got lost on that one and Cal thought was gonna lose his mind. He kind of did oh on the sidelines. Um, I don't know if he'll ever get on the floor again. That was rough. I mean, that was rough. I mean, you think about it, though. Like, they basically just used five guys yesterday. Yep. Damian Collins played four minutes off the bench. That was the most minutes anyone else played. Then you know, well, Allen and Hopkins had two minutes and Ware. But you could argue Sean Ware had maybe the biggest he impact. He changed the game. The one minute. Yeah. yeah. He changed the momentum. with the, and, and he has that. And that's why I like him, man. You've got to have a guy like that on a team that's really, really good, right? The guy that can get under your skin in 15 seconds. And he's yeah, so yeah. good at doing it and not reacting to whatever's going on. You just see him. It's kind of a scary thought when you look at him sometimes because he'll just back up and just kind of let it all play out. And Keely will be on the floor. And she, I'm telling she's told me after like 10 games this year, she said, no one talks more trash than Lance Ware does. She said, I've heard it. <laughs> For the last, like, the entire season. She obviously wasn't down there last year, but she said that's all he does is just talk. And, like, as soon as the official will tell him to stop, he goes right back to doing it. Like, he just – and that I guess maybe that's his role, Derek, is just yeah. kind of going there and, and be that guy. But, no, you mentioned Damian Collins. I thought he did some uh, really good things. How about his free throw stroke? Now, he probably needs to go away from the pull-up jumper. Like, that one needs to, to probably be put away. I mean, he missed – I mean, he's missed two now very badly. But – you mentioned the five guys that played, and to me, you got to see guys do things that they're capable of that I don't think that they've been given an opportunity to do, if that yeah. makes any sense. And, and that's not a bad thing, right? Roles have been defined. Titan Savir, they have the ball in their hands a lot. Oscar's who he is. But yesterday, they needed Keon to do what he did. They needed Grady to be selfish and kind of look for his shot. And some of the shots that he took yesterday, I'm like, man, he could have taken these all season, but he's not been taking them. And he knew he had to be that guy, Jacob Toppin, doing what he did. Is it just for that one game? I don't know. But my thought is this. You you had a couple of guys come out and be aggressive, and they felt like they had to kind of put it on their backs. I don't think that's a bad thing when they get back to full strength because now these guys have confidence and they, they've had to do it in a game when it's just them. I think that that top seven is – one of the strongest top sevens in college basketball, and it just keeps getting stronger. I think Jacob Toppin with another year. I mean, I don't. If I know we talked about him last year too, had some similar thoughts, but he's just someone that if he adds a little bit more, I mean, he's just he can do so many things on the basketball floor. Think about what he did yesterday off the dribble. He had a few, and I don't know if it just worked that well for him with the kind of style that. Alabama plays or what, but he got into the lane several times um, for dunks or layups. He had a couple runners in the lane. And then, of course, he just kind of impacts the game in other ways. Um, yeah, he had the 13 points, but he also had six rebounds and three assists. So he played 39 minutes. He and Grady, 39 minutes yesterday. So he was he was fantastic. And really, every time he's 
every time he's kind of been in the in a game this year, he's done pretty well. Um, but Keon, you know, obviously had a very good day, eighteen and eight. I thought I didn't hear much of Cal's post game press conference. I just the only thing I saw was where he said it was like nine o'clock and it was like three thirty. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like the only thing uh, the takeaway that I saw. But uh, I mean, to me, just watching Cal from the times you could see him on TV, he seemed pleased with Keon with what he was doing. Um, but no, I mean, even a guy like Mance, Sean, he didn't really score that well, didn't shoot the ball that great, but zero turnovers. And I thought that was a big thing to, to, to be in the situation he was in where, you know, he was playing some point. Kellen would bring it up sometimes those two guys playing in different roles, like you were talking about. And really the offense from the start of the day, though, I mean, even whenever they got down, like the offense was playing well, they finished the day shooting 53%. They shot 56% in the second half. So, all around, I thought that was one of the more fun games this season whenever you kind of see what they were up against, how it started. You know, it was, I think, a, a great momentum builder. And really, I think if you're Cal, knowing you can win a game like that, you know, it probably makes you feel a little bit better for if Severe or Tatai will need to miss another game. Now, I think they can beat LSU doing this. Arkansas is a different story. I think hopefully you, you would hope you could have Tatai and Severe back for that game, or maybe at least one of them. But overall, I will be curious, like what you were talking about, if or, or how much the committee kind of weighs that victory over Alabama, knowing that they were down a few guys. I mean, two very, very important guys. And, and how do you look at the – does it change how you look at the loss at LSU at all? I mean, I've always thought that that loss – are you saying if they beat them or just well, in general? just – I mean, does the committee kind of look at this now? And, and obviously, they've seen a lot of different versions of Kentucky, right? They've seen the full-strength yeah. version. They've seen the one where Tata's playing point, the one where Savir's playing point. But we hadn't got to see them – I mean, obviously, we hadn't seen them finish a game or win a game where they both were out. They both were out late in the loss at LSU – uh, Wheeler went out for a bit there at Auburn and the momentum kind of shifted toward Auburn there in the second half. But now that they've seen them play and they play well with this group that they had yesterday, mm-hmm. does the committee kind of look at those losses and be like, okay, Kentucky probably beats both those teams at full strength or at least has a really good shot at it. I mean, I know Duke a couple of years ago when Zion was out, the committee said that they would reevaluate Duke or evaluate them when Zion was hurt and things like that. But I didn't know if it maybe looked if the committee looks at that and those two losses kind of don't even get discussed as much because they've they've seen Kentucky what what they can do without them now. Yeah, and, I mean, really, what the the games are at full strength, Notre Dame and Duke. I know Duke, and then I know you know I know that Tata was not one hundred percent at Tennessee. I still think though, kind of given how that game played out, it's hard to they were losing that night. Yeah, I don't think they were winning that game regardless. So, really, LSU and Auburn are the two that I, I think I'm pretty – I mean, it's it's you can never say for sure just because, you know, we don't know. I think they probably would have beat LSU. Auburn – I think Auburn in that arena probably had a run in them. I don't, I don't know that Kentucky for sure would have won that game. I feel, I feel more comfortable saying I think they would have defeated LSU at full strength. Uh, I mean, and LSU's coming up here Wednesday night. That's a team that's – I told you last night, two and six on the road in league play. I mean, that's not a, it's not a bad team, but it's not a, certainly not a dominant enough team that I, mean, I just think Kentucky would have beat them probably. But 
Sean kind of leads me to the next point we want to talk about here. Um, well, let me let me ask you this for you, yeah. So we're talking about the injuries to Wheeler in Washington, and I know Cal is talking that he needs them for March. How much do you think it helps, though, that they have an extra day this week off? They don't play yeah, till Wednesday. So it's not the quick turnaround to Tuesday night. There is an extra day built in there. So it's today, Monday, and Tuesday, and then all day Wednesday. Maybe maybe you get Wheeler back and not tie-tie. I don't know how it'll go, but I, I think that that could, could help a little bit because you've got that extra day now. Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, it is nice that you have them on Wednesday. And, I mean, it's really about as – how many teams play on Thursday in the league? Does anyone play on Thursday? I don't think – so anymore do they didn't they move on that to wednesday night tuesday and wednesday so i mean really wednesday at nine o'clock is as late as you can play a midweek game in the sec although i, I did see i don't know if it was covid related or what but did you see that mississippi state and missouri played on friday night and then i think they're playing again today yeah very odd so that, that had to have been some kind of makeup i think just because it had to be yeah teams don't really play on friday it's <laughs> in the sec we're on sunday um but no, yeah, I, I think I think it'd be great to have one of those guys back for sure. Uh, to me, Tata feels like it'll be. I could see Tata still being out for Arkansas, really, and then maybe like because whenever I went and looked at the schedule, just assuming they wanted to give him a couple weeks off, you could see him back. Hopefully, for the Ole Miss game at home, that would be when I'd want to try to get him back because then you got to go to Florida. Which I think Kentucky's. I mean, you just saw Kentucky beat Florida by 21 at Rupp last weekend. But Florida just beat Auburn yesterday uh, at home. So I mean, it won't be a game. No, no game anymore, really, in the league outside of you know a couple of the bottom tier teams. Most teams you play now, probably the top eight nine teams in the league. I mean, it's going to be a battle to win on the road. How do you think Auburn fans will feel here in two weeks if they have to share the league title with UK? <laughs> or anyone really i mean i think arkansas even like has a chance to yeah i mean uh, arkansas got a really tough road though i mean they got to play tennessee twice and kentucky once so I, and i think gonna happen for them and i think auburn will lose in knoxville I when they go that. there and if if kentucky can escape fayetteville with the win get back to full strength before they have to go to florida i think that they're going to end the season with a share of the SEC crown, which then, Derek, I know, I mean, right now to me, one seed, two seed, it doesn't matter. But if Kentucky has a one seed resume in Selection Sunday, I, I hope that they get the one. I mean, I, I think any team would hope, would hope that they get a one seed if they're in contention for it. But could that maybe play out, play into it? I mean, does the SEC get two one seeds if Auburn closes strong? Auburn's kind of the team right now that's about to fall off the one line. I know they're down to yeah. number four on Lenardi's list. They still go to Tennessee. Do they win the SEC tournament? I don't know. This feels like the year where the committee actually needs to pay attention to Sunday <laughs> in the SEC tournament. You can't yeah. decide it on Saturday this year because you might have Auburn and Kentucky playing for a one seed on Sunday. Because it is kind of ridiculous that they don't take it that is. into account. They they should. I mean, they should one hundred percent this year take it into account because now Auburn a week and a half ago. I even said it the other day when I recorded like kind of a uh, breakdown of resumes on this pod. And I was talking that Auburn was comfortably a one seed. And I thought that they were, I didn't think that they would lose at Florida. Well, now they're not comfortably a one seed. So now I feel like you got to pay attention to that sec tournament. And if Kentucky and Auburn are playing and they're neck and neck for a one, if they're both not clearly a one seed, you've got to pay attention to it. And the winner has to be a one. 
if they're both in contention for it. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Well, I mean, that would be great for the league to have two teams uh, become number one seeds. I mean, I think Kentucky. Just the way, if they're not at full strength and just kind of how things go in Arkansas. I didn't get to watch all that Tennessee game yesterday. I watched some of it. I was also watching some of the UK baseball game. Uh, so I was going back and forth between the rooms here at, the, at my place. But I know, I don't think the officiating was great in that game. Like you saw Rick Barnes talking about it, like teams couldn't get into a flow. So I, to me, I, I think if they win at Arkansas, that's just like a great win to close the year but the sec in general sean you look at how it stands now you're talking about auburn potentially having to share the league they're 12 and 2 in the league overall you go look at their last four road games let me pull these up one two i'll do last five or no sorry last six i'll throw in a good thing for them um so I just got a text saying that Wisconsin, Juwan Howard got in a fight. They did. Oh, my goodness. Sorry. It's hard to focus on the SEC standings when coaches, head coaches are getting in a fight at <laughs> the stadium. But uh, that's the joys of doing a podcast, though, right? See other things are going on. But um, <laughs> well, they're about to show this right here. I don't know if this is going to make the – I don't know if this is going to make the pot or not. Are you watching this, Sean? I'm not. I'm actually trying to pull it up and hoping somebody has a clip of it. Well, they got an argument. I don't see anybody swinging though. John Howard, he's yelling at him. Is it uh, a close game? Oh, it was an assistant, it looks like. It wasn't the head coach. But John Howard definitely did hit somebody, though. What? Yes, he did. No. Yeah, they're fighting. It was a full-out brawl in the handshake line. Somebody, I just read a tweet. Holy crap, Juwan Howard! It's bonkers in the Cole Center. So yeah. it was a, it was like an open-handed, uh, like an open, almost like a. It wasn't even really a slap. It was like he was just open hand, like trying to like palm his head almost. It was very odd, but he. It was definitely Juwan Howard's. I guess suspended for sure. Um, you can't hit other people like that. But yeah, he's walking off the court now. Someone's trying to get an autograph from him. That's hilarious. Anyway, let's leave this in here just because uh, this was wild. Uh, I'm glad someone texted me so I can flip over to that. Not a good look, though, for anybody involved. It's not good uh, Not good to be fighting right there on TV in the handshake line after a hard-fought game. But it seemed like uh, guard had an issue with something about it. Howard was trying to do like a blow-by in the handshake, and it seemed like he wasn't too happy with it. And after that, it just got out of control. Anyway, when I was talking about Auburn on the road, to sum it up, after I've been sitting here talking forever, 
they have played a lot of close games on the road. You go back to they beat Ole Miss. They, they, they won at Alabama, a good win, back in January. They beat Mississippi by nine on the road. But after that, they played at Missouri, the first game when they became number one, won by one point, nearly lost to them. Missouri is number 143 right now in Ken Palm, and I think they were like 138 when they played that game. Then they played Georgia on the road. Should have probably lost that game, honestly, if Georgia was a little bit better at the free throw line. So Georgia's by far the worst team in the league this year. It's a two-point win. They have to get right there at the very end of the game. They lose in overtime at Arkansas. Not not a nothing to be ashamed of. It's a tough place to win. But then last night, I, I watched that Florida game. Florida is not a good team. Like they're just they're just not. They're not bad. They're 50th in Ken Palm, but it's like maybe not even a tournament team. They lose that game by one. So you could flip it and say, you know what, they make a couple more plays. They're still, you know, undefeated on the road or undefeated actually overall in the league. But they're just playing so many close games that I wouldn't be surprised if they lost to Tennessee and Mississippi State on the road here to close the season. It kind of feels like that team that you could see maybe get a one or a two seed and loses what the first week in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Like you just never know. Like they have played a ton of close games against teams that I don't think that should be close. And uh, just just paying attention here to the net rankings, Kentucky's still number three in the net. Do you see they're up to number two in Ken Palm? Yeah, I did see that. And I know defensive efficiency is down to like 19th and offensive efficiency is at third. But that defensive efficiency, I mean, they lose their best on-ball defender in Wheeler. They've played Alabama. Tennessee got hot. Those teams the next couple of weeks, they're, they're not really good when it comes to offensive efficiency in Ken Palm. With, with that being LSU, I think, is uh, 105. Uh, I tweeted this morning. So LSU is 105, Arkansas 73, Ole Miss 122, and Florida 68. You could see Kentucky lock in over the next couple of weeks and that number climb back up to 11, 12, 13, where they were a week and a half ago. Yeah. Well, yesterday was tough with Tata and it was severe being out. You know, that was going to take a dip a little bit in the defensive, uh, defensive efficiency, but offensively, I mean, this team can put up some points in a hurry. I just, I'm so excited, Sean, for this. I think it was when I was on that walk out there and maybe the way the weather was, but you get to thinking like two years ago, obviously the whole world stopped. I mean, really, when you think back, I, I think for sports fans, certainly for me and for you too, because I remember talking to you on the phone about it, like, when the SEC tournament got canceled and all the other leagues that canceled, that's like whenever the pandemic finally felt real. <laughs> when our sports got taken from us, that's whenever it felt real. I remember you and, asking me, do you think they're going to cancel this tournament? And I said, no way, man. Makes too much money. And then we're having a phone call like four hours later, <laughs> and they not only canceled SEC tournament, they canceled everything. the NCAA tournament and everything. And there was a moment where I was like, I don't know what to do with my life. Well, I can remember like all of us media people like, oh man, they're not going to listen to locker rooms. Like, of course they're not. And then it was obviously much more serious than that. But you go, you know, that was taken away. And then last year, one, Kentucky wasn't any good. And they had to play the, I think, what, the very first game of the SEC tournament, something like that. Uh, Or early in the day. I don't know if it was the second day or what, but they weren't very good. And then it was still limited crowd. This year, though, it feels like the tournament is, is fairly wide open down there in Tampa yeah, and it's going to be full capacity. So I, I think today it's just really, really hit me that, you know, March is almost here. It's almost for college basketball. I mean, it's the one time of year early takes center stage. And I mean, everybody loves March. Everybody loves college basketball, March madness. 
this time of year. I'm just so excited about it. I'm excited to see how this could play out in Tampa. Yeah, me too. That, that's going to be a lot of fun down there uh, a couple of weeks from now. I mean, we've got four regular season games to go. There's a lot to play for. And when you're at this point in the season, you're playing for seeding. You're playing for an, a share of an SEC crown, that road trip to Arkansas. But I know Kentucky fans are locked in for LSU on Wednesday night, wanting some revenge there. Uh, one more topic to talk about before we wrap up, Derek, and it might be the biggest news of the weekend, honestly. And if, if you're a fan of possibly – another season of Oscar Shibway in Lexington. Uh, he announced on his Twitter feed today on social media that he is now open for business and can sign NIL deals. That is massive news for Oscar. Oscar's not a guy, Derek, that's projected to be a first-round pick. So if, if he were to come back to UK, I'm, I, don't, I don't know exact numbers on what he could make, but it seems like that guy could put a lot of cash in his pocket and probably change his life off NIL at UK with, with how marketable he is. I think he'll be back next year. That's my bold proclamation here on February 20th. Yeah. I, and I agree with you. I'm right there with you. He was projected uh 46, I think in the athletics um, mock draft and obviously had subject to change. It's still just February, but he's not going to be a first round pick this year though. Like I don't, no one's really discussing him as that Oscar is a junior, you know, he's not the youngest guy in the world, but I'd also think how beloved he is and how good. I mean, I just think everybody loves Oscar. The he he could be the highest earning NIL guy. Well, I guess Shaden Sharp might be just uh next year if assuming he comes back. It'll be one of those two if they're both back, I guess. But to, I, I just think Oscar loves it at Kentucky. It's where he always wanted to be. And I, I don't know. I just I get that feeling he'll be back. And you know, we'll have plenty of time to talk about that once the season ends. But I don't know if it's so much my prediction as much as it is my hope <laughs> that he's back next season because I'd love to see him play one more full year at Kentucky. Yeah, and uh, kind of gets the feeling that Big O's tires should probably uh, for sure produce something with him. And I noticed that Kyle Tucker just put up that I think it's Windex, the video of him cleaning the, the backboard. Uh, cleaning yeah. the backboard. Like there's so, there's so many NIL opportunities for him that – and, man, I'm so happy for him, dude. Like that guy – I've watched him sign autographs for, I mean, 20, 30 minutes after games and just the way and, and the passion that he plays with, the the positivity, and I think it's kind of been infectious throughout this entire team this year. This team is fun to follow, and I know that oh, yeah. I have to keep it neutral covering the program and stuff, but it, it's hard not to pull for this group of guys because, man, they're they're just so likable. I mean, you, you've been around them this year and, and everything, and I, I think that it's been the perfect team – to kind of get Kentucky basketball back to where it was and the fans falling in love with it and only fitting that they go on a long run in March because it's been three years since I've even covered an NCAA tournament game. That's hard to believe. Kansas City. Yep. And that <laughs> yeah, feels like a lifetime ago. Three years yeah, feels like really six does. years, honestly. Yeah. Well, I see that you tweeted about this. Uh, let's go back to this real quick before we wrap up, the Juwan Howard thing. I'm seeing people on my feed, like, real like prominent people saying they think this is a fireable offense for Jawan Howard. W what do you think? I mean, this is a, that's a bad look. Like really it, bad. it is. I have no idea what was said. I honestly don't care what was said. You, you can't do that. And if no. Michigan ever was looking for a way out of Jawan Howard, they got it right. But um, I mean, that is, you just can't do that. Like you can't be, you can't be a leader of men 
and do something like that, a leader of kids, and and you set that example. Because if you do that, what what's going to happen with your team? Well, that was like a real fight too. Like that caused like a real like there were real punches being. I mean, you, know, you see a lot of like pushing and shoving in sport. I mean, you know, like every single baseball brawl, like a lot of times, it's just people standing around and pushing. You know, it's not like real like punches being thrown. That was like. That was well, bad. I mean, there were players like from both sides and looking on each other. It was it was bad. I mean, especially right at the end of the game. I mean, I, you hate to see it. Uh, it's not. It's definitely not something you see every day. I think at minimum he's probably done for the season. And honestly, for him, it's probably they've really weren't they a top five preseason team? Or am I making that up? I uh, know you're you're you were right. They were supposed they, to be really good this year, right? And they, Kentucky they was really supposed struggled. to go there. Remember? Yeah, it was yeah. supposed to be a road game the first Saturday of December. And then I think some things happened there. I know there were some reports and and all that, but I mean, man, you just can't do that. And I know yesterday you saw John Calipari. I tweeted that he went nose to nose with Pat Adams, but it was actually Pat Adams that went nose to nose with Cal. Yeah, Pat came to him. Yeah, yeah I, I couldn't see from where I was sitting. I didn't know who approached who, but I was glad I saw. I'm glad TV caught it. But I don't know what Cal was upset about, but. A lot of people thought it was because the official was talking to Alabama's huddle and not him, but it kind of – there was some chirping going back and forth from the Alabama huddle down to the U.K. huddle, and I, I think Cal was just kind of upset that they were taking so long to get out on the floor and play the game. And I don't know if you noticed this. When Mitz went to the free throw line, they they continued playing the music over the uh, over the speakers. <laughs> Someone texted on, me about that. On the first free throw attempt. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, why is this still playing? And nobody even says anything about it. <laughs> But no, like you can't do what Juwan Howard just did. That, that's not leadership. I don't care what was said in that moment. I know coaches get heated. You got the Calipari John Chaney incident in the press conference in the nineties where, where Cal's, <laughs> thought Cal was going to kill the guy, but you can't do what you just did there. I mean, you're in the handshake line. You start doing that. What happens between your players? Right. Yeah. Well, I apologize for assuming you leave that in when I, it's, totally it's, I don't apologize for that. That's the uh, this is uh, that was real. Yeah, it's hard to keep. Your, yeah, <laughs> it's hard to keep uh, what you're focused on. Whenever, like I said, you just don't see that. Really, I actually can't recall seeing that at all. Uh, matter of fact, not. I mean, there's been fight. You remember Xavier in Cincinnati had a yes. real big fight there. Probably I don't know, maybe a decade ago. I forget how, how much. I think I was still in high school back then when that happened. So. Um, <laughs> But in the handshake line like that, it's it's been a minute since I can recall something like that. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. That's going to be a long suspension, right? Like you have to – how long is – Joe Krabenhoff, I think so you say his name. It was a Wisconsin assistant is who Howard – I mean, and he it, hit him. He, like, grabbed his face, didn't he? Was it was, like, yeah, oh, it was weird. It was like a, was like a slap slash – It's one of those, like, I know I, I can't know. punch you, but I want to punch <laughs> you, so I'm just going to grab your face. Like <laughs> – High five, brother. I missed with it. No, it's definitely, definitely not a good look, Derek. Uh, I, I don't think, uh, I don't think you're going to see John Calipari trying to fight anybody in the handshake line. I mean, last year he had, he doesn't shake hands. He just, you that's know, true. He just like waves. And, waves and now, and now Cal has more reason not to, right? He's going to say yeah, that's why we're not guys. shaking hands. We're avoiding that. Now he just does the peace sign to everybody. If there's it will be guy, interesting to see the coaching community, like what, Will anybody speak up about this or will they just kind of pretend they didn't see it or not want to talk? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's 
some coaches might want to step up and say something about that. I mean, obviously we all know it's wrong. So it's much Maybe. worse than a Tennessee player and your trainer getting into a little shoving match on the end of the bench. <laughs> At least that didn't escalate into right. uh, anything like that. But interesting too, Cal never got a chance to comment on that. That zoom got cut off after like three or four questions. Never even had to say anything about it. I'm sure he's not too disappointed yeah. about it. Uh, Rob was there yesterday, so nothing come of that. Probably shouldn't anyhow, honestly. But let's hop out of here, Derek. And uh, I got a mailbag tweet up. I know you don't work tomorrow. Is that right? I'm off President's Day. So maybe if you get some time, let's uh, hop on and do a mailbag together. Absolutely. We've not done that in a while. And uh, we'll continue following whatever happens with Liam Cohen. I'm assuming that is probably getting close to maybe getting something answered about that. You would think that LA wants to go ahead and get their guy. And if, if it is Cohen, then Mark Stoops needs to kind of get to work on who his guy is. So we'll update you on that as soon as something breaks. As always, this show is powered by Blue Wire Pods. It's also powered by the Butcher's Pub, three locations, Palmville, Williamsburg, and London, Kentucky. You can visit thebutcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily.